What's up, friends? I'm Tara P, and you're listening to Positive Perspectives. Well, guys, how is it going out there? I am coming at you pretty late on a Tuesday night because I, well, I don't really have a reason why. I guess just procrastination is the reason why. But it's kind of crazy just being here. I was just telling Rance, next week, if you guys don't know, will be the 40th episode, so that will be the season two finale. And it is just so wild and crazy to think how I even got here. But I'm just so excited that I've just kept saying yes and kept taking steps, even on some days when I haven't maybe felt the most motivated or some days when I've had fear associated with things that I'm doing. But I've just been trying to say yes to different activities, events with this podcast, and it has led me to meet some of the coolest people ever. But kind of leads me into this week's episode. I feel like I don't have much that happened this past weekend, so let's just dive in. But I titled the episode, There Will Always Be Fear, But Do It Anyways. And it was something that Walkyria said in this episode, and I just loved it because this is something that I feel like has been resonating with me just more and more lately. And if you guys have listened for a while, I feel like when I'm needing to hear a message, it kind of keeps persisting and and I just keep hearing it in different ways. And so this is kind of like the third time. First, I heard it on my podcast with Wes a few weeks ago, touched on it a little bit last week, and then she touched on it in this episode. And so just it's such a good reminder that the more we say yes to things, the more we are able to keep learning and to keep growing. And so there is so much good that comes out of stepping on that other side of fear and facing it. So it's just something that I'm working towards that when I am uncomfortable, when things are in front of me that I don't want to face, I'm going to try and say yes and try and push past that fear because I know there's so much joy on the other side of fear. So like I mentioned, guys, I truly don't have too much to get to. So let's just get to this week's episode. So please sit back and enjoy with our guest, Valkyria Whitlock. All right, friends. So today with me, I have Walkyria Whitlock. And how are you doing today? I'm just doing fabulous. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if people were lucky enough to see when we got this set up, she is currently on a boat. Like it looks like a beautiful day, like in the marina. Where are you right now? San Diego, California. Oh, and it just looked like the most perfect <laughs> day out. So I was a little jealous of your views, but I am excited that we're finally able to connect and chat just so the guests know. We got connected through social media and was just asking and had a mutual friend. If people have been listening to the podcast since season one, um, John Hickey was on one of the first few episodes. And so, yeah, was able to find me through that. I just love how you can get connected. You just never know like one person can make a difference by sharing it. But yeah, I can't wait to get to know you a little bit more and have my guests get to know you. And so let's just go back to the beginning and start and kind of share with everyone. Where did you grow up and kind of who were you as a kid? So I grew up in Filer, Idaho. I don't know if very many people know it, but it's just (laughs) outside of Twin Falls between Buell and Twin Falls. And it's like like a couple thousand people or... Um, when I was growing up, it was 1,400 people on the sign when you entered Tyler. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I graduated with 72 people. Did you like growing up in a small town at the time? Absolutely loved it. All of the people I grew up with, basically friends for life. And yeah, I love it. Yeah, that's, I feel like some of the best things about small towns, my 
fiance is from a small town about sounds like the same size and that's just what he was saying it's just you get a lot more invested it feels like in the relationships and people know you kind of for life and he's even saying like oh all the teachers like truly like knew their students and so I think that's just a really cool experience um, to have growing up absolutely and so growing up what were some of your interests were you like involved in any sports or any um, artistic interest yeah so I was into horseback riding and I was a cheerleader Um, I was in all the clubs that I could think of and we focused on science and math and yeah that's what I did throughout school I was a CNA in high high school and that was a a really fascinating job because I was wanting to be a doctor at the time. Ah, was kind of your next step that you wanted to do in life was to go to college or? Yeah, so I was going to go to college and um, I decided I wanted to go to like USC or Cornell, you know, and I ended up going to Boise State because it made sense financially and I absolutely loved it. So I couldn't decide a major really. Um, Every semester I was switching my major because I you know I couldn't figure out why the heck I was in school and or what I wanted to do with my life and so I would always choose a business major and a science major so I went um marketing and biology to economics and chemistry and yeah it was like fascinating to have those two different perspectives and it's definitely helped me throughout my life today yeah and so when you were changing your majors was it just kind of like one of those gut feelings like this doesn't feel right like this isn't really what I want to do like like when did I figure out you know that I wasn't going to go to school anymore kind of thing <laughs> yeah that like maybe like I the majors finish. I never decided because <laughs> like maybe like the majors sound like they weren't like fulfilling your soul and it wasn't something that you saw doing long term would you say yeah exactly exactly there was no soul fulfillment and I couldn't connect with what that would mean for my life long term so it was almost kind of being attached to thing maybe what you are supposed to do and how life is supposed to look versus what you really wanted to do yeah yeah absolutely was this the first time in your life that you kind of felt that you were faced with that choice yeah I I mean my family was always like supportive and they really wanted me to do something incredible with my mind because I was always good at school, you know? And so they pushed me to be something that for them would be like so grand if I was a doctor or an engineer, you know? And I think that is super grand, but mm-hmm. for me, I just didn't feel it. And I, I tried, you know, I really did try. And then when I just started, like I was depressed and I couldn't figure out why. And I was going to a counselor at Boise State and I just decided like, that's that's enough. Like I was going to do music. I started writing and that, I started so many things, but writing really helped me like express myself and realize 
this is what I'm feeling. And then I knew that's my gift. And I think the greatest thing that we can do in our lives is to give the gift we're given. And I was determined that I was going to do that. And I decided that I was going to drop out of school because I couldn't transfer to another school for music. I ended up living in the basement of a frat house. <laughs> and one of my uh, best friends from high school who I met at Girls State, I don't know if you know what that is. It's uh -uh. a program your junior year of high school. Okay. where you get nominated usually by like a local club that sponsors things. Um, I met this girl called Hosanna Cavacoro. We both reached for the same suitcase and just immediately became best friends. And uh, when I dropped out, she was just finishing school at University of Hawaii. And she's actually a really spectacular woman. She received um, an award from Laura Bush for her volunteer hours. She got the Idaho Brightest Star Award. And this is all like under 17. She was Miss Teen Idaho. Wow. She's just a really incredible woman. Yeah. And she's like, I'm just graduating. Do you want to move to Fiji with me? Because she's Fijian. And I was like, yeah, okay, I will. And so I sold my car and I moved to Fiji. And I only had fifty dollars <laughs> oh my goodness like literally just took the leap of faith and I just like said yes to like probably one of the greatest adventures I feel like those are those stories that like you hear in like books or movies or something and you're like do people actually do that though and you did and so at that time like were you scared to make that decision or were you just ready for an adventure I mean, of course, you're a little bit scared, you know, but you just realize that there's always going to be fear and you just have to do it anyways. You can't like make a decision based off of fear because then you're just bringing that fear into your life because you chose that as your decision, you know? Right. Yeah. And so when you said yes, even with maybe some fear in the back of your mind, what was kind of like your goal or your intention to go to Fiji? I had never been out of the U.S. and I was just like, Fiji sounds like the best place to me. And I'm with my best friend and I want to see the world. So, hey, like, I'm down. like, let's go. <laughs> wow. And when you went That's there, it. did you have like a game plan for how long you expected to be there? Or did you know like where you were going to live or any of that? Or were you just kind of like, we'll figure it out on the way? Yeah, so I knew that I was going to be living with Hosanna, and I knew that I would figure something out. Like, I just really trust myself to figure something out. I'm like, you're smart, you're pretty, you can do this. Like, yeah, come on, let's find a job. You know, I'm like, I have that self-assuredness, I think. And um, then um, I knew that I was going to be volunteering for tips as a waitress. And so I knew I had a job coming up and I just knew that I didn't, <laughs> I didn't need much money anyway. Yeah. I love something you said there that like, you were just kind of able to trust yourself. Like you knew that you'd figure it out that when like the going got tough, you were going to just 
make it happen. Is that something that you felt like you were always able to do growing up as being able to trust yourself? Um, in ways, yes. And in ways, no. Like, I think still to this day, I've had this ability always to like, just go for something. But it's interesting because when it comes to like sports or athletic things, I'm completely the opposite. (laughs) Yeah. And so you were saying that when you got to Fiji, you kind of knew that like you had at least some money that would be coming in. And so what was Fiji like? Like, I feel like if you had never been outside the country, it would just be, I mean, to go anywhere outside the country, I've never been to Fiji, but is it as magical as it looks in the photos? Absolutely. So I had the most incredible. So I'll tell you the experience. Like the first week, absolutely insane. Because my best friend happens to be famous in Fiji. So of course, like there's her photo on all of the billboards as I'm coming in. And she, I actually didn't. So when you travel somewhere, you're supposed to have a, a return ticket and so much money in your account and an address of where you're staying. Like, that's just like something you're supposed to have. And um, I arrived to Fiji and I had none of that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And they're like, "Uh, you can't enter Fiji without a return ticket. And I was like, what? Like, (laughs) Uh, and they put me in the back security room and I was like, like this is what what's your plan and I was like oh I'm going to stay with my friend Hosanna Kabakoro and they're like oh Hosanna and they stamped my ticket and let me on through no way (laughs) yeah yeah that's like another like movie story like scene right there my life has been a movie you it's been an absolute movie and I I love every second. So I had this thought the other day, and I think once the story is over, you might appreciate it. I someone once told me like that you narrate your own life, and <laughs> it makes total sense that my life plays out the way that it does because of how I am, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, so. I bet like even I mean, especially the fact that you came from a small town, you were just eyes wide open like is this real life and so yeah go on. I wrote a lot I wrote a lot during that time so they have something called I think it's the G72 summit but are you familiar with it it's basically mm-hmm. a group of developing countries it's like the UN but for developing countries to come together at a conference and share their issues and ways that they're um, solving things you know so because you know you relate more with people or groups that are facing similar struggles that you do and you can learn more from them than you can someone else who's not facing the same struggles yeah you have to find someone I feel like that's kind of in like same playing field and like has similar like goals and dreams and really knows what it's like and is going what you're going through kind of a thing but you said while you were in Fiji um, writing was a big part and so is this the first time that you had really like dove into writing and was it just like writing like journal entries? Yeah so actually it was probably six months before that like right when I dropped out um, 
that I was really got into writing and singing. I like started giving that time. And um, then in Fiji, it was just more pronounced, I would say. What do you mean by more pronounced with your writing? I mean, it like my voice was more like clear and it felt more me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was just like learning more about writing in a sense. Were you like studying writing or do you think it just came because you grew more comfortable with writing and like your own self-confidence? Exactly. Yep. It was not because I studied. It was just because I was getting more comfortable with that way of expressing myself. Yeah. You know, when you go something, it goes through something and then you can find a way to be inspired by it. Then it's hugely empowering for yourself. You know, like you're teaching yourself things. Ooh, I like that. You're like giving your self like own life lessons and maybe I like how you said like reflecting back on some of like your past struggles and everything uh, yes exactly exactly and so how long did you end up staying in Fiji were you just kind of figuring it out week by week or did you ever book that return ticket home <laughs> yeah so um actually you know I, I want to express that it wasn't all easy for me after the first week when I got there and like all of the glimmering lights had faded away I was stuck in this room in Fiji not feeling safe enough to go outside by myself because all that I had heard was how like dangerous traveling was and like how if you're a girl alone that you're going to somehow be raped or kidnapped. And that absolutely terrified me. And then I was like, wait, (laughs) wait a minute. You would be sitting in this room in Boise, Idaho, the same thing, like if you want that experience. And I was like, no, you're going outside and you're gonna take the bus and see the town. So I went outside and immediately I was um, approached by this super nice car which was like nicer than the prime minister's cars and everything Mm -hmm. and there was this guy he was asking me all of these questions about where I was going what I was doing blah 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 blah. I was like whoa (laughs) like this is the kind of thing that I know that I need to watch out for and Mm -hmm. um, then I just like made stuff up and then he kept going but he stopped down the street where I could still see him Mm -hmm. and then I crossed the street and sat down and he was just parked there and I was just waiting for this bus a few minutes later this old man comes down and sits next to me and starts talking to me asking me all of these questions too and I just felt so uncomfortable and then when the bus came I decided I didn't want to get on and he's like, oh, you're not getting on? And then he got off. And so I walked to the nearest store and I just waited there for like an hour and a half and um, then let them leave. And then I went back home. And I went back home and I reflected on it. And I was like, okay, if you believe that you create your reality, like how did this happen? And I was like, well, I was focusing so much on my fears, you know, 
So I was like, stop doing that and just focus on everything that's going well. And haven't had like, thank, thanks be to God that that kind of experience ever since. Wow. Jeez. Just when you were telling that story, I was just like, oh gosh, like I'm waiting for it to get worse or something. But that's amazing that you were able to kind of go back and take that time to reflect. Cause I don't think that's something, at least I can say that I'm possibly not the best at, but that's like a hard challenge to go back and reflect. And like you said, like, why do I think this happened? And so is that something that you've kind of always like lived by is like, we can create our own destiny? No, that is something that I learned in college and then reflecting on my own life through what I was learning. So we read, had fantastic professors. We read um, The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari, um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, um, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, The Anatomy of Peace, like incredible books, you know, and that opened my world up and it changed my habits too. Yep. We, I've read a couple of those books that you've mentioned and it's just, I feel like there's such important like lessons and things we can take away that there are things that like you hear that you're like, do they really make that big of a difference? But your habits do add up and they do make a huge difference. And you might think that making a small change here or there doesn't affect things too much, but it truly does. And it starts by taking that like one step and putting in the work and the effort in order to get the results that you want out of life. Yeah. Yeah. You have to take initiative. You really do. Yeah. And so I'm glad that you did share a part of, you know, the Fiji story that is not all like the glitz and the glamour and everything and just like a little bit into reality. And so after that, were you able, you said that it never happened again, were you able to enjoy Fiji and did you kind of start a life there? Yeah. So I loved Fiji. I got to model in a fashion show for a local Fijian designer at the Intercontinental. I got to do, you know, and I was on the cover of like newspapers and then on the news. And I was like, wow, this is so surreal. So people then knew who I was and they would ask to take photos with me. And I was like, this is so cool. (laughs) I know it was so wild, you know, but they're just such amazing people. They're, just always so happy I don't know really cool people to be around and um I ended up working at this place called Cardo's I worked as a waitress just for tips and I ended up getting picked up on a yacht there getting picked up like for work to work on a yacht yeah yeah there's a girl who left in the middle of um the charter and I started meeting people and they would tell me, you know, like get into yachting, get into yachting. And I was like, I don't know. I really hate cleaning. (laughs) Then it just was like, you know, there. And it was a tough adjustment for me. I was going from living the dream life, literally, to um, like working 14 hour days cleaning and stuff. And I was just like, I don't really like this at all. 
I don't know if you've ever seen the shows or if it's anything like it, but the below deck shows and I mean, <laughs> yeah, it does seem like it's constantly work. Like it's not like you have great sleeping arrangements, like you're pretty on top of one another. And so at this time, was it something that you were willing to stick out or were you searching to maybe like fill your soul again? Yeah, no, I was definitely seeking to fill my soul again. And so I did uh, leave Fiji after three months. I went back to the U.S. My mom and I were having some challenges then. And um, I was not going to go back to Idaho. And I was maybe going to go on that West Coast trip with this person that I met in Fiji. And I decided I didn't want to travel with him. And then I actually went to Florida to get my SCCW and stuff and get into yachting. And I actually moved to Florida with $100. Giddy adventure continues. I love it. Like I said, because it's just like, this is literally stuff that you see on movies. And so I like to see that like, it is possible if you're willing to work at it kind of a thing. Yeah. I mean, I just, honestly, I just tried to listen the things that people tell me even though people don't think I'm listening I am like I'm keeping an entire log and that's how I like shaped my life but you hear all of these like life lesson things and one of the major ones was like from Shakespeare where they're doing thought versus action you know how if you act it's much better than thought like those deep philosophical lessons I've like tried to apply to my life and it seems to be working so far yeah and I like that you are able to take different things that you've either read or like information that someone has shared with you and it sounds like like you said you really do listen and try to apply it and that's why I love podcasts because I, I feel like there's so many like little secrets and like I always call them like little gold nuggets that I feel like if we can just take a little bit from everyone like it's only going to make us better and stronger but once you got to Florida what was kind of your game plan there was it still just like figure it out so I didn't have a working phone at the time and I was told to go to 17th street I find this vegan cafe called green bar and <laughs> Um, I asked someone if I could borrow their phone to look up a hostel and I found the closest hostel and rocked up and I told the people my situation that I could pay for the first two nights but um, I would need to work or something afterwards and they said like yeah like we can have you work for us no problem and then um, someone overheard me and they're like you're looking for a job like come with me to my work and so I went to this place called Lobster Bar Seagrow and then I got a job there as a hostess, but it didn't start for one week. So I was like, okay, I have to figure out what I'm gonna do for this next week. I'll just be at this hostel. So I was at this hostel and you know, like it wasn't good vibes. And the third night that I was there, some person overdosed on drugs and like died there, yeah. So I was like, I really need to get out of this environment. And um, I looked up couchsurfing and finally found a girl on there. Her name was Sarah. And I just told her my situation. And she came and picked me up immediately. And she told me I could stay there as long as I wanted to. And she was absolutely incredible. 
And she asked me if it was okay if these two guys came for her couch surfing thing. They were headed to Key West. And I was like, oh, your couch, like, obviously help more people. That's awesome. So these two guys were ex-military and um, they invited me to go down to Key West with them. And I was like, okay, sweet. And so I went down to Key West with them. I still didn't have money, you know, I didn't drink or anything. And they were getting like super weird when I, you know, like when they started drinking more and I just didn't feel comfortable at all. And so I stayed, like I found this one bar and it seemed like good vibes, like very mellow and stuff. And I just stayed there and there was this dog on the floor and I just started to pet the dog. And then this other guy came in and he started to pet the dog. And I was like, this seems like a nice person. And (laughs) so um, I was like, hey, um, I'm with these two guys right now that like, I came down here with them and they're really freaking me out. Like, can you, can I stay with you basically? And he was like, yeah, of course. And we'll just go to my, I'm actually staying at my friend's couch right now, but yeah, you're more than welcome to. And so went to his place, slept on the couch, you know, just like a nice person helping me out. And um, he was actually headed to Fort Lauderdale, the, the next day so I was going to be able to ride back with him so I was like so so thankful and I went back to Fort Lauderdale took the bus to my job which is now three hours away by a bus ride <laughs> and I got there and this girl it was another girl named Sarah who's actually one of my best friends now and she's a realtor so hi Sarah <laughs> um she's like tell me your story and like you're staying with a stranger come live with me (laughs) which is funny because like she's also a stranger (laughs) and um other Sarah that picked me up and like let me live in her home like I cannot thank her kindness enough and I have to say that she is also polyamorous and it was so amazing to hear what polyamorous means and you know I love that so anyway I had to say that but um yes I moved in with Sarah and then after three weeks I had enough money to move into a crew house and get my SDPW so I did that and then I got a job literally the next week as a crew chef on a boat because I was cooking for people at the hot at the crew house oh that's just so crazy how everything I don't know kind of like perfectly landed into place and like meeting really good people it sounds like you have a pretty good judgment of character to be able to connect with like just they appear into your life and that you will ask and that they will just you know respond and be kind and I think kindness just goes such a long way and you never know what someone's really going through and like how you can just help them by being a little bit kind yeah absolutely you never know what people are going through so Mm -hmm. kindness counts yeah so you said you got, what did you, your CS, was it a certification? CW. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's a certification that it's like a maritime safety certification and part of it's firefighting. So it's kind of cool. And then like sea survival and yeah, learning what causes a fire on a boat, okay. that kind of stuff. And so now that you were back on a boat, maybe in like a different 
area of the boat was it something that felt like was like fulfilling your soul and were you able to be and have like a creative outlet with the food yeah the creative outlet was amazing but still I was like I need more of my own time and I was gaining weight and I didn't like that to be honest (laughs) (laughs) so so I was like "Eh, I'm not I'm not going to be so much into this. And so I decided that I was going to try to get out on deck. And um, I got my powerboat level two certification. And that weekend, I get a call. um, And they, it was from the crew agency. And they were looking for a nanny and personal cook who has experience cooking for like strict dietary requirements which is me (laughs) um uh in the Hamptons and I spoke to the lady on the phone we connected immediately three days later I'm flying to the Hamptons to be a personal um cook nanny wow it's just (laughs) it's so crazy from all the different places and just all the opportunities that you just like said yes to and just wasn't willing to kind of like stop and just like accept a fee but be like no like I'm gonna try something different and I feel like that's almost like one of the keys is to just like keep trying and like keep pushing forward every single day yeah try and try and try again just try yeah and so then once you started to nanny and do the food for the family, was that something that you enjoyed? Yeah, so it was a it was a tough situation actually because the mom uh she had been diagnosed with a very, very rare cancer and she was in the most severe stage of it. And she like found out like three weeks in that she didn't usually like to have help. And so that was the only reason that I was there. And so um, after two weeks of knowing them, she had gone to the hospital and her daughter knew that she was sick, Um, but she had gone to the hospital and was getting intravenous radiation therapy. And I was at their house, like just met them and taking care of their daughter and their house and their three dogs and the cat. And I was like, whoa. A lot of responsibility. (laughs) I was 21 years old, yeah. And I was like, okay, I can totally do this. And I did and I loved it. And I love that girl so much. And I'm so sad I haven't seen her in such a long time. Yeah, so she has came home and from the hospital and she was really really sick like the hardest part from that kind of therapy is not when you're at the hospital but when you're home and it was so painful for her you know it was just so hard and um you know to see someone suffer like that so (laughs) I'm gonna cry (laughs) and I don't like to like suppress my emotions and stuff so anyway um she is phenomenal this woman and one day she signs a do not resuscitate because she's so sick I guys took her to the hospital twice and we just thought like we might lose her that day and she recovered 
Oh my goodness. Isn't that so beautiful? Wow. And they um they left and um he had actually been cheating on her the whole time, the husband had. And he was serving her with divorce papers. And this is literally only one month after. So meanwhile, my personal life um, is almost nothing. You know, you just have maybe two hours during the day that I can go for a walk. And um, so I was writing a lot. And one of my ex-boyfriend's brothers wrote music and he posted something online one day and I was like, oh my gosh, I think you would like my style. And so we started writing music together and we made a plan that we would go to Australia to do music together before ever meeting each other in person. So yeah, then I moved to Australia and lived in a van with my friend Tyler. Yeah, we lived in a van for a month and a half and we decided that we didn't want to live in a van together anymore. <laughs> That's pretty tight quarters. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, it was tough. And then I decided that I wanted to do something more meaningful with my life. And so I went back to Boise and I missed my family. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go back to Boise and I'm going to train for Bike and Build. And Bike and Build is a program where you cycle across the United States for affordable housing and you help build like 10 to 12 homes along the way. So I go back to Boise. I get a job at my friend's company who just started out of their garage called The Rag Company. And now they're a massive company, multi-million dollar company actually in Boise, Idaho. It's pretty cool. And you can order their microfiber towels through Amazon. Yeah. So I worked there for my friend's parents and I loved it. And I trained for bike and build and also a marathon in May. So I tried really, really hard to raise enough money for can build I put on this huge fundraiser like at this nice place I got over 30 baskets donated and I broke even Mm. so I learned a really tough tough lesson about fundraising and all that stuff and I couldn't go on the bike and build and I cried for like five hours that night mm-hmm. and it was hard because I've always felt that if I put my mind to something that I would always achieve it you know and yeah. I wasn't going on this trip was this kind of like the first so, time that you felt like you had really put your mind to something and it didn't go out and as yeah <laughs> which is hard because like you said I mean it you have this mentality of like, I can do it, but sometimes life just puts things in our path just to maybe push us towards something different. And so at that time, did you feel called or pushed to something different? Um, well, I actually got a phone call the next day that one of my friends, his name's Christoph needed a stew cook on their yacht. And I was like, oh my gosh, there I go again. (laughs) The yacht world just keeps calling you back. 
I know I'm like you're not even trying right <laughs> so I go back and I'm a stew cook on this boat and it's it's not a good situation unfortunately wow. um the captain is hitting on me and his girlfriend is my friend and he didn't check the weather when we left one of the ports one night and we wake him up and we have to turn around because the weather is so bad and one of the lamps falls and it breaks and it's like a $13,000 lamp the captain told one of the um uh, owners that I broke the lamp on purpose because he didn't want to tell them the real story you know and they decided not to pay me oh my goodness so yeah then I'm just here and I'm stuck in Fort Lauderdale then with like no money again <laughs> like, like when will I learn when will I learn <laughs> exactly but you hadn't given up and like I think that's the key it's like I don't think you were meant to like stop and be like, oh, well, this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing, but to like learn that like I can keep doing it and I can figure it out one way or another. Like you always seem to figure it out. Yeah, exactly. So I did, I, I did end up getting a, a nice job, um, a freelance job, for this incredible lady as a stew cook. And I say incredible because um, a lot of the guests, at least my perception at that time was that some of the guests like never really realized how much work went into everything and um she told me she's like I haven't seen you take a break you know and that was four days and I hadn't and I was working even longer shifts than the 14 hours like 16 to 18 hours and then I would do that four days in a row so take tomorrow morning off so I take the morning off and I go for a run on like that pink sands beach in the Bahamas. And it was so incredible. I enjoyed every second. And when I came back, she had actually started the laundry, made up all the beds, started breakfast. And I was like, wow, she is a fantastic woman. And she was the owner. So wow. pretty cool. Yeah, you don't often see someone like the owner that will do maybe what they would consider like the smaller jobs. The fact that she saw like you were working hard and like really stepped up, I bet made you feel good and like cared about. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, I think everyone will be quite surprised to know that in my world, the owners have been the most gracious and grateful people that I've ever met, to be honest. And that's just been my experience, but. And so how long did you stay there? Cause I know you're in San Diego now. Yeah, so this is a while ago still. Um, so that was a freelance job. It was only six weeks. And then I, after that, I had enough money to get my open water diving, which I love diving so much. It's one of my favorite things to do. And I ended up uh, getting my first permanent job. And it was on this private boat, and it was so amazing. I had the best chief, too, who one of the biggest things that she taught me was, like, don't knock it till you try it. And it's really stuck with me that it was from her. And anyway, in that boat, I got in a really bad relationship. And the relationship, it 
really like changed my view on myself and um, I felt less confident like I started to stutter when I was speaking and um, he would break up with me like every two weeks I finally went home and I think that that's what can happen if you're away from home too long you start like you stop or you forget what it really feels like to be loved you know like so deeply mm-hmm. and I went home and I was like oh gosh like he does not care about me at all then I broke up with him and that changed things suddenly he knew that he was in the wrong and he was going to fly me over to live with him in England and everything was just going to be great and I was like yes <laughs> yep when you're young and I mean you've been saying yes to everything so you're like why why stop now? <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and honestly I still believe in that because when you stop saying yes I think you stop learning and like if I had stopped there, then I would have never realized like the deeper lesson that needed to be learned, which was really about my self-worth and how I was defining it and um, what I expected for myself or what I thought was okay. And that kind of rooted from like my issues with my like father figures, you know what I mean? And so, yeah, it's just like so fascinating that, but I was there for two weeks and he broke up with me, but he didn't want to tell his family and friends and he still like kind of acted like he liked me like we would dance and stuff and he would just start crying and like it was just so confusing and I didn't get it and I got my job back on the old boat <laughs> I was like whoa okay cool then everything came out and he told me that he was like had these problems with chatting with people online and like told me all of this stuff about the things that he was going through that I didn't know and then I couldn't see him the same and he flew to Italy to see me and I just I had no no feelings for him at all and finally I ended up like saying really mean stuff to him Mm -hmm. about all the things that I thought and it made me feel so so horrible And I was like, I don't want to do that ever again. Like, never again. Only kindness, if I can. Like, that's my goal. So I just feel like, yeah, just because someone else isn't kind to you or whatever, it doesn't need to dictate what you do to them. But I ended up going back to yachting after that, of course. (laughs) But I had a plan out. Yeah. Um. I had a plan this time how I knew what I was I wanted to do finally you know I just knew it I was going to be an actress because I love the um it's just to me so romantic that you can become so in touch with your emotions that you can like point them into whatever direction you need to to be a character and like to have that mastery over my emotions I thought was super beautiful because like that's how we experience life you know I end up meeting this guy (laughs) after four dates he invites me to come to France with him oh my gosh and (laughs) I'm like 
okay like yes I have so my grandma's Belgian but from the French speaking part so I've always had like this affinity for France and I want to live there someday that's where I want to live is the south of France so anyway he invites me to the south of France and we end up dating and we were together for two years but um he moved to LA with me actually to do acting and he was a chef so he worked as a chef and was like supporting me through my dreams you know like so incredibly selfless and kind and so amazing um but I didn't feel like uh, we connected deeper you know like there was no deep communication for me and I, I was like I don't think that I I want this you know and so we decided that we were going to leave LA and after our lease went out on the apartment and I was like I think this is a good time to break up and you just get like so caught up in the romance at first you know that sometimes you don't really realize what you're doing I don't know if that makes any sense but um we broke up for about a month and then we got back together and you know it it was amazing so we were doing distance I got this incredible job as a second stewardess slash chief stewardess on an 88 meter boat which is 288 feet and um yeah it's a really it's a an officer position on that size and it's a big deal and yeah I can be super militant if I want to be so it fit me but the atmosphere on board I'm just so particular that's what you'll realize Uh I just never settle (laughs) so the atmosphere um on the boat was like not very healthy um then (laughs) I just decide I'm going to freelance because I can like determine my schedule and go where I need to go. And I freelance on this boat that went to Croatia and Montenegro and Italy and France that summer. And it was just so amazing. I had scheduled at the end of the season because it's only freelancing to do my yoga instructor certification, um, my 500 hour with my boyfriend and it's like a month before and he's like I don't want to do this you know and I was like okay like that's fine and he's like but I don't know if I want you to do it either because I think that you're a good balance of hippie and <laughs> not hippie but was it something so that you I was to like, yeah it was and um, anyway, I was like, okay, that's fine. Like I can compromise. Like a relationship is about compromise. I'll just do like 200 hour instead. So I won't like miss out any of our time together. Cause he had to work another month. So while he wasn't working, I was like, I'll do my 200 hour. And so I went to Malta and I got my yoga instru- instructor certification and Reiki. Wow. That when you like, I feel like the yoga and the Reiki, I feel like you're kind of like diving into like a deeper part of yourself. Did you feel like you were also like, still like learning more about yourself at that time? 
I am always learning more about myself. <laughs> but yes, absolutely. And, you know, yoga had been part of my practice for seven years at that point. So I was already like very much a yogi. Uh-huh. But, you know, I really wanted to deepen my practice and also be able to teach. And so, yeah, I ended up after that reuniting with um, my boyfriend at the time. You could kind of tell that things were kind of off between us, but we were trying to do um, like a couple travel blog on Instagram too. Mm -hmm. And so we were building that up. And our focus had changed. We didn't really work well together. You know what I mean? Like we could have fun together, but working was a different story. And um, after (laughs) going back to the Netherlands and we lived there for about a month together before I watched this Tony Robbins video, it changed my life again. (laughs) There was this girl and she was talking about these problems that she had and I felt like I had those same struggles and he was like, what is the relationship with your father? And I was like, oh my gosh, (laughs) no, because I I was so happy with my life, you know, I was like, I don't need to you know, I don't have anything against my dad, but I didn't necessarily want him in my life either. I just was like, you know what? I feel like I've worked through the damage and let's just call it good, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I didn't feel like it was something I needed or wanted in my life, but I was super happy for all of the changes and stuff that he had gone through. Um, he was actually um, addicted to meth at one point when I was younger. And, um, you know, like he he quit that one day and then he decided um, he would try to get clean and he lived with his parents for a bit. And then he decided to just leave and hitchhike across the U.S. And he was homeless for... 10 years and one day he stopped doing the drugs and his life got better and then he he stopped drinking alcohol and then three months into that he was walking in the dead of winter in Chicago Illinois and (laughs) this lady approached him and asked if he would like some hot chocolate and he was like yes I would love that so he has some hot chocolate and she listens to his story and he had recently found God and she listened to his story. She left and then she came back with her husband and she said, we're going to put you up in a hotel for the night and pay for your ticket to go to um, New York, which is where he was headed. But we want you to call your family. And he did. And when he got to New York, he ended up heading back to Idaho after two weeks and changing his life. Wow. So he has been clean for over 10 years now, and he just barely got a job in Idaho. Yeah, so my brother had actually already met him. 
and my brother was like why don't you meet him and I was like mm, I'm good <laughs> no I'm good you know and anyway um so I was like okay I guess I have to talk to my dad at some point um things weren't very good at home my mom was getting a divorce with my stepdad and um you know it was really hard especially on my brother and so I was like I need to go home plus um my boyfriend at the time was always playing video games and it just drove me crazy I was like he needs to just get this out of his system and I'm gonna go that is when I got certified in yoga nidra which is a type of guided meditation essentially and um it basically like leads you into your psyche so that you can change some of your limiting beliefs. I feel like you sound like you've always been able to at least like reflect on your actions and kind of why you did things. And so having that just gave you even more tools to reflect and figure out. And so is that something that you do yoga now and you still do yachting now? Yep. Yep. So I still do yoga and yachting. And so at that point, like I went through everything with my parents, helped my mom move and stuff. And then I got flown out to a boat for another freelance gig. And it was absolutely incredible. I worked with such amazing women, loved it so much. And um, I got offered this random like thing to work at a poker tournament they were charter guests that we had yeah yeah they were charter guests that we had and um they liked when I was the server and so when they had like a tournament like they had one in Brazil actually they would be like hey come on over here and be our (laughs) server so it's been really cool yeah so I went to Brazil after that and then I was dating um, one of the guys from the boat. That's always how it ends up happening. <laughs> <laughs> and I ended up like seeing every single man who had ever hurt me like in his eyes. And I broke up with him. And I was like, wow, I still have some things I need to heal. So... I was like, focus on your spirituality. You just have to focus on your spirituality. And um, I went to Costa Rica and I was a yoga instructor at a surf camp there. And I just focused on my spirituality, like really deep into yoga and meditation all the time and absolutely (laughs) changed my life again. You know, it just, it's just an incredible adventure life. And I ended up um, needing to go back to work, you know, after my stint there was done. Like you said, one big adventure of just saying yes to a lot of things and one thing leading to another. And it sounds like a lot of your life just relies back to a lot of the connections that you've made too and kind of using those connections. And then, like I said, just saying yes. Yeah. And yeah, adapting, adapting to like the new surroundings and being like, okay, like, if I want things to be different, then what do I need to change? And, yeah, I ended up getting a job on this boat. Um, and it was such an incredible program. Like, amazing owner. 
and we connected really well. So we connected really deeply, like spiritually, and he introduced me to Deepak Chopra. And I was like, oh my gosh, wow. And I read all of the books that he sent to the boat and I decided I need to quit my job. And that was a really tough decision. And I quit my job and just focused on spirituality. So then I went back to Fort Lauderdale and was living in this amazing female sanctuary. <laughs> you know, we would do yoga together, go to this meditation once a week together. And I was just focusing on my spirituality. So I wasn't working or anything. I would just do all the things that they say you should do. Like I was waking up at 5.30, drinking lemon water, meditating, doing yoga, gratitude journal, prayer, read the news, cycle to the gym, go to the gym, make sure that I swim, read a book, listen to a podcast. Like I was doing all this different things, meditating. And um, I did that for three months. And I was like, I don't see a difference in my life. <laughs> I don't know. I'm doing all the right things. And yeah, why isn't it just happening if I'm just going through the motions? <laughs> yeah. So I reflected and then COVID happened, you know, and that was just life changing for everyone. And so we all ended up going our separate ways, our, this girl house. And I was like alone in Fort Lauderdale. And I went and stayed at my friend, Sarah, who you heard about earlier, Airbnb apartment, oh, yeah. because Airbnb got shut down. So I was like, okay, I'm here. And what do I, why am I doing what I'm doing? And I was like, what is your why, girl? Like, well, my why is because of joy. And also I have to say that back in January, that was the first time that I could truly say I believe in God. First time. And because for me, God was always someone else's term. And I didn't want to associate other people's definition with my own and make give them the false pretense that I believed in the same things that they did, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but then I was like, no, like, God is your word, too. And you do believe in God. Your definition of God might be a little bit different, but everyone is actually a little bit different. And so my definition of God is... Um, the energy of faith, hope, and love, and then the space in between that. And I believe in omnism, where all of the religions actually have um, a root, like center of truth. And so I believe in all religions. And so, like, yeah, yeah. this is, I actually figured out what I believe in. That was key for me. And the fact that you, like, gave yourself out, permission too to give that to kind of figure that out yeah absolutely you're so right because sometimes yeah. we don't question things we just accept things totally and so at that point your next move to San Diego where you are now no so I was in Fort Lauderdale and I changed I was reflecting and I was like I'm going to choose joy that's what I'm going to choose that's why I'm doing this so I'm going to choose joy so my routine completely changed I meditated less 
I worked out less. I just did what I felt like. I had less judgment on myself as far as like what I could or could not do. And um, I was just wanting to focus on giving my gift. And I didn't know how to do that. I was writing and singing. And I was like, okay, well, I'm supposed to be a songwriter, I think. <laughs> so one day I wanted a cookie. I rode my bike to go get a cookie. And I met this guy there. Cilios, I hope I get your name right. Um, Basilios, he helped me actually bring my music to life he was like I'm a meditation teacher and a yoga instructor and I was like me too and actually we're going I'm wanting to focus on my music he's like I'd love to help you so one of my revelations that I had was that I had um trouble with commitment <laughs> mm. I was like okay, like any of the things that I wanted to have happen, it could have happened if I stayed committed and like had more faith, hope and love through the experience. If I had just chosen that, like those things that didn't work out for me in the past would have eventually worked out. And I was listening to my music come to life and I'll sing this song to you. Um, it's the one, like one of the first ones that I wrote and this is the moment seven years later that it comes to life like audibly through a guitar. I won't tell you who to be. I just want you to be happy. On the way you may struggle. Just know that I'll be here in a cuddle. So it's like super oh. like sweet, you yes. know, like. And it's interesting <laughs> because so I feel much. like yeah, you were writing, a, I mean, at least a little bit, like, from the writing process, and then you kind of got with someone to do music, and so the fact that music was kind of playing it back into your life, and do have to just bring it up to present day, but so where are you at today? Are you still writing music? Yeah, well, actually, um, that whole thing ended up being my poetry book, and I wrote it all in 20 hours. I got frustrated in the process, and I ended up writing a poetry book because I was still trying to honor taking some sort of action towards my goal. Yeah. And yeah, this whole poetry book came to life and I have it on Audible. Well, it will be on Audible once I launch it um, where those songs or the poems that came to me in Melody, I actually sing them. So it's a really like relaxing experience. Yeah, I think it'll be good for people to fall asleep too because like it's so random. You don't really have to pay attention and people say my voice is like soothing. Yeah, and I love that aspect of it that like it's going to be coming from you and so people will really get to hear it in the way that you had interpreted it and be able to share it with people like that. Yeah, I hope that like it helps people in some way, but it's just going to be out there now which is cool that's amazing and did you ever like dream of like publishing or writing your own book or is it something that kind of just fell into place with all your yeses that you've always said along the way so um back when I started reading the Deepak Chopra books I made a five-year plan for myself I set some new goals 
because all of my dreams had come true. I was like, well, shoot, got a dream bigger now. And writing a book was one of them. And it already come to life. And I just can't believe it. Wow. That's so great when something that like you wrote down and that like you kind of envisioned, you're finally able to check it off. And that's amazing that you've been able to check off so many things on your goal list or dream list that you're like, I need to dream bigger and kind of create new goals and make sure to keep that a priority. Because like you said, that you're always learning and you're always growing um, with yourself. Yeah, I mean, listen to what people say, like all of these books and everything. It's so true. I found when I was going through all of my material, stuff that I had written at 19, as far as like what I want to do with my life. And I've done every single random thing. I couldn't ever have dreamed of that being possible. When I wrote it down, it was just like, or this, or this, like I had to choose one. Yeah. But, but like you said, you can't have it all and you can kind of create your own, your own dreams and manifest them and push through them and make it work and make it happen. But I think it all, like I said, just came down to all the yeses and all the connections that you made along the way. Yeah. I'm so thankful. Well, thank you so much just for coming on and sharing. And I'm sure it's going to inspire people to just chase after their dreams more. And like you said, to choose joy. And I think that is such a huge and important lesson in life. Like we just need to choose joy and follow that path. And I think that is going to, what's going to make us kind of happiest in the end. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you so much for so much of your time. I don't even know how long this has been going because I've just been talking, I guess. No, but it's beautiful. (laughs) like I said it literally like sounds like something from a movie so it's cool to hear that that stuff like actually happens if you want it to so um but just to wrap up we'll just play the countdown question game the three two one so just to kind of like summarize from your entire life lessons what do you think were like the three biggest takeaways and life lessons that you learned along the way trust the process Keep moving forward and love every second because that's gratitude. Yes. Appreciate the <laughs> the ups, the downs, and know that it's kind of going to get you to where you are today and can only make you into a stronger person if you allow it to. Exactly. Um, two truths and a lie. So do you want to start? Uh it's so hard because I actually spoke about everything that I <laughs> had written down. <laughs> so, okay, I'll do it like more shallow. Um, okay. I, I love coffee ice cream. I hate barbecue sauce and I love roses. Um. I'm going to say the lie is that you hate barbecue sauce. (laughs) Nope. It's actually, I don't like coffee ice cream. (laughs) Ah, I thought that one was so specific. I'm like, that has to be the truth. Okay. So my two truths and a lie. I always forget. I'm like, have I said these before? I I don't know. But um, so I have a really big sweet tooth. I am lactose intolerant and I don't like movies. Oh, I don't like movies. That's the truth, actually. I'm not a huge what? movie person. I, like, I guess I, that makes sense if you're into podcasts. So <laughs> I can see that. 
<laughs> yep, I just <laughs> playing. I'm, I struggle to like really sit down and focus, but the lie was that I'm lactose intolerant. Thank goodness. I'm not. Oh. Now, so I eat all these. You can enjoy that coffee ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then final question, what is one positivity act that you can challenge yourself or others to do this week? Well, I actually posted something on my Instagram yesterday that I thought was like a fun concept. And I posted what other people think is my greatest attribute or have expressed to me the most. And then I put two positive attributes that I associate to myself, like to kind of redefine our worth. Yeah. Yeah. Just to like, how do you see someone or how do people see you? just still staying positive with it but like refocusing it to things that you see in yourself I like that that's really cool well thank you just once again for coming on and sharing your crazy adventurous life it has literally been like I feel like I'm just like listening with just the biggest ears right now so I'm just like what what wait where is this going I have no idea but it was just so (laughs) oh my gosh and there's so much more to it but you know the details need to get lost sometimes. <laughs> well, if people wanted to keep up with your crazy adventurous lifestyle and see what you're doing these days, where is a place they could find you? So I do have a website. Um, it's walkeriawhitlock.com. And I actually have a quarterly newsletter because I'm always doing something. I'm actually working on an app and a meditation video as well as my book. Um, so if you subscribe to that, I like talk about that stuff a bit, but otherwise just look for me on Instagram, TikTok, or Facebook, Valkyria Whitlock, and there's only one of me, so it's easy. (laughs) I think my Instagram handle is, um, all of my adoration dot XX. Perfect. Thank you again, Valkyria. Are you guys ready for the positive perspective of the week? So this week's positive perspective, I was watching Instagram and someone reposted this video. It's from an actor. Her name is Amanda Klutz. And if you guys know her, have seen her story, her husband actually passed away about 10 months ago due to COVID. And since she has a platform, she's been able to talk about it. She actually is one of the hosts of the talk on CBS. And so I saw a clip of this video that that she was talking about it being the 10-month anniversary since her husband's passing. And when she's been going through this grieving the past few months, she was told a story that really kind of helped shifted her perspective and just really helped her with the grieving process. And her friend was telling her, you know, when you have a baby, they live in your womb and that's the only earth they know. That's the only space they know. That's the only love they know. They're growing and they're changing and they don't know why they're growing and they're changing. And really there's only, I mean, a, such a small difference from the womb to the world. She calls it like a two inch difference that that baby is so close yet in such a different place and they're only two inches away and so she was told by a friend that what if her husband Nick is in a similar situation where he is quote two inches away on the other side and she's just currently in this womb of life and I just 
oh, even just saying it just brings me chills. But I just thought that was just such a beautiful perspective that really put it into a frame that we can view and we can imagine in our life because oftentimes that's something that we need something concrete in order to really understand, in order to visualize. And so I just thought that was so beautiful for anyone who's going through grief and who has a faith that believes. But I just hope that it gives somebody hope and inspiration that right now we are in this time that doesn't make sense often in life. Things are confusing. We're not sure why things happen. And it's because we're not supposed to. We're learning and growing for a bigger purpose. And our loved ones are on the other side, kind of holding and loving us through this process as we go. So hope that brings some sort of light and inspiration into the rest of your guys' week. And thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of Positive Perspectives. And remember, guys, to keep spreading positivity because I truly think it's contagious. Love you guys. Hey, friends. Thanks so much for sticking around and listening. If you enjoyed that episode, please rate, review, and subscribe. I'd love to hear what you enjoyed, what topics you'd like to hear, and it would really mean a lot to me. Episodes will be released every Wednesday, and you guys can also find me on Instagram at Positive Perspectives Podcast. Thanks, guys, and tune in next week for another dose of positivity.